deep ravine <laughs> where we have deep thoughts about running. How you doing, Dave? I am. Uh, I'm living the dream as always. It's we we've had some fantastic weather here in Portland, Oregon. The last nice. uh, I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday were beautiful. I was and you know we're, I know people from all over the world are listening to us, and they might have some better weather, but. In February in Portland, Oregon, it is typically 41 degrees with a very high chance of rain. So right. on Friday, when we had 61 and sunny, people were going nutty around here. Oh, nice. um, now that the official high school track season, the fall, the spring season for all sports begins tomorrow here in Oregon. Now I know in California, track's been going for a month already, uh, but here we start tomorrow. And tomorrow Great. the forecast is for 37 and rain. You guessed it. <laughs> um, so that's what we got going here. But that's, you know what? It's still going to be fun. And uh, I, I have rain gear and I have the little hot hands, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I, got, I got all the stuff I need. So I'll be ready to roll. How about you? We got beautiful weather here in Napa. Uh, the, the weekend has been spectacular. Blue skies, warm weather. Uh, the 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 mustard in the vineyard is popping. It's fantastic. Ooh, yeah. That must be beautiful. That's great. Got to come down. Uh, well, you know, I've, I've been to the vineyard once, and it was an enjoyable enjoyable event. It was just an afternoon, but it was great. So, yeah. Hey, uh, Matt. You know, uh, here we are in episode four of what promises to be one of the longest running podcasts in American history. <laughs> And, yeah. and, you know, there are probably people out there, you know, are, with our hundreds of thousands of listeners wondering, you know, why, why are we called the Steep Ravine podcast? Is that a thing? Is that a place? Is that, what, what does that mean? That, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Well, first, you know, Dave, you know, I grew up in San Anselmo in Marin County. Mm-hmm. My, my dad was an English teacher at my high school, at Drake High School. That's where I started running. And Drake was about a mile away from an extensive trail and dirt road network around Mount Tamalpais and inside the Marin Water District. And we had a, you know, a series of lakes up there. Uh, just fantastic running. So I did a lot of running on those trails and those dirt roads. And one time after college, you and I and some other guys went for a long run out of Mill Valley to the top mm-hmm. of Mount Tamalpais, which, you know, it's not, it's a good climb up to the top, up to the lookout. And uh, we, we did this run and it included a trail called Steep Ravine. And I don't mm. think you had ever run Steep Ravine before that day. And you thought it was cool. And remember, there's this ladder, you get part way up and there, you have to climb this ladder to keep going. Uh, well, so that memory sort of stuck with both of us. And I remember at yes. one point about halfway up the, up the climb, I shouted out steep ravine. <laughs> and, and, and you thought that was funny. And so, yes. you know, that was a memory that kind of was an intersection <coughs> of both our lives Sorry. a long time ago. And it stuck and it seemed to be a fitting title for our podcast. So there you have it. Well, you know, the, I think that one of the one of the cool things about being a runner is that you know there are just so many different things that that get tied together and uh, you know memories that you can bring back, you know, with with one or two words. 
right? And yep. so yep. again, when exactly. when I hear Steve Ravine, I think of I think of Matt Wilkinson and the Bohos, and uh, you know that's a, a fun a fun time for me in my life. So, uh, but there's lots of those, right? I mean, that's one of the joys. So yeah. pretty cool, pretty cool. You know, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, training logs and how those training logs are are windows into your past. Now, you know, I've kept training logs kind of intermittently throughout my running career, and I really regret that I was never capable of of being uh, disciplined about keeping them all the time, but, <laughs> you know, cause you know, the ones that I have, it's so fun to go back and see what I did when I was good. <laughs> but now it, other people, you know, that I know were religious about them and they kept them from when they were, you know, in seventh grade running AAUs all the way through, you know, they're into their fifties. Mm -hmm. So where do you fall on that? Well, I, um, I started, excuse me, I started running in the sixth grade. You know, I had a, um, my, the, the guy that was the coach at the high school, his daughter was in my class, uh, in the sixth grade and he came to field day and I won the 600 yard run or whatever it was called, you know, uh -huh. and he, he asked, he had a local track club and he said, Hey, would you like to go run a real track meet? And took me out to Madison High School, which is now called McDaniel High School here in Portland. Mm -hmm. Ran on a cinder track. I ran an 800. I believe I ran about 238 for 800 meters in my Converse Chuck Taylor low tops. Uh -huh. um, lost to a guy wearing spikes. And I thought that was just unfair. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I did not start keeping a log until I actually got to high school. Uh, freshman year, 19, the fall of 1976. And yep. my coach, Wes Cook was a big proponent of keeping a log and I have, I have all of my logs, including that, that very, I think I have it right here. My bookshelf. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf right here. No, I, the one I, my very first one was this little tiny thing. And then my mother being the amazingly supportive, um, you know, sports mom that she was started buying me the gym fix yeah. running log. That was the right? standard. And I have, I can count them right here. I got, I got, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, 16, 17 gym fix logs. Fantastic. So I think I, I kept really good logs all the way through about 1995. I'm going to, I'm going to guess I could, I could pull them out and look to see for sure. But, um, and I kept a few, I, you know, I kept going a little bit after that. But I think my last one is uh, 95, 96, 97, somewhere in there. That's um, and, and, you know, and it is fun. Like, I, I don't necessarily go through them very regularly, but every once in a while something comes up. Um, for example, one of my old housemates, a guy named Ray Brown. Ray was a half miler. Uh, he had run at University of Virginia, been an All-American. And Ray was a phenomenally good indoor runner. He was a big fella. Um, you know, he was six two, six three, and in, indoors because the turns are, you know, the straightaways are so short. Yep. Where he would just go right to the front in the eight hundred, and he would just refuse to give up the lead. And so he he ease up on the straightaways a little bit, uh, you know, or sorry, he ease up on the turns where it was difficult to pass, and then he'd pick it up on the straightaways, and he won six consecutive indoor eight hundred meter. Uh, championships, USA championships. Uh, but wow. Ray was That's not awesome. a distance guy. 
I mean, I, I, I'm sure Ray ran a decent mile somewhere here or there. By the way, his, he's got a son that runs at uh, Boston College, who I believe will be a sub-formant at Myler this, this winter. I don't think he's done it yet, but I think he's going to be. Uh, but Ray was not a particularly good distance, distance guy, right? He was, you know, he could, he'd go out and run an eight mile run, but he didn't like it, you know? And yeah. one year we were going to run the uh, Christmas relays. Uh-huh. Uh, was it called, is that, is that Lake Merritt? Yeah. Lake Merritt. Yep. Uh, yeah. And Bojo's and, have won um, that with pride. We yeah. That's a, that's a really fun a event. Yeah. It's a great event. I, I lo- love that event. And so we had our group and I, I don't recall exactly who it was, but we had our four. And then one of the guys either got sick or, uh, you know, got slightly injured and, and couldn't run. And so Ray says to us, uh, what are you guys going to do? And we said, uh, we're probably going to probably gonna scratch. We don't have a fourth guy. And Ray goes, well, I could, I could be the fourth guy. And we said, uh, we'll probably just scratch. We don't have a fourth guy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, Ray was not known to be a guy that could run more than about a half mile. I mean, he could, he could – he could do a mile. He wasn't. He was not a bad miler. But well, did, did um, he jump in with you guys? So he did jump in. And but my the point of the story is that about six months ago, Ray texted me and said, "Hey, what did I run in the Christmas relays that year that I did?" <laughs> he goes, "What was my split?" And I said, "Why are you asking me?" And he goes, "Because I know you have your training logs, and I know you have it. I know you have all of our splits exactly." And so I said, "Give me a minute." He goes, do you remember what year it was? He goes, nope. And, but we knew, you know, within reason, Roughly, it was yeah. 1987 and 93 or whatever. Yeah. And it's young, it's December 10th or 12th or whatever, yeah. 15th. Yeah. So it wasn't very hard to go and find it. And I found it. And Ray ran a pretty good four-mile leg, 2130 or something like that. Um, it's kind of a hilly, you know, it's a hilly loop too. It is not a very, I, I think I, when he ran 2138 or whatever it was, I think I ran 2120. Um, wow, that's awesome. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, so, but it was cool that I was able to do that. And, you know, I, I found those kinds of things over the years, you know, I was trying to think back to a run uh, that I did with some guys somewhere along the way. And I couldn't remember exactly. And, you know, you go find it. And, uh, it's sort of, it's pretty fun to be able to do that. You know, the, the mileage you ran isn't really that important, but most of mine, you know, I mean, some people keep much more detailed logs, uh, but a lot of mine were, I would write down who I ran with. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and so I have names in my log of people that I ran with and I have no recollection of who they are. <laughs> yeah. Like did this run with Larry, Tom, Joe, Nikki, like Nikki, who? who's Nikki, you know? So uh, uh, pretty awesome. fun though. Yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty well, hey, cool. Speaking stuff. of running indoor half miles, uh, did you? <laughs> That's right, Ray catch, Brown. Did you happen to catch the uh, the uh, there, like, there's I guess a bunch of indoor conference championships have been happening and and uh, yeah, lots Nico, of them. Nico Young uh, ran uh, in his conference. Uh, did you see that one? You ran, actually doubled well, Nico's, the mile. Nico's a Nico's a five k ten k guy. They don't run. They probably do run five k indoors. They do run five k. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but he and, didn't do it this time. Yeah, uh, he ran. He won the mile. He he ran a very good indoor mile uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I think he ran three fifty seven something at, in Flagstaff. And Flagstaff is what seventy seven hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. And the conversion on that stuff, and, and there's a lot of people that that poo poo the conversions, but the conversion on what he ran in Flagstaff was something like three forty eight for the mile. 
Wow. And you, you can go on Let's Run or any of these other places, and a bunch of people say, oh, he can't do that. But I remember a kid named, uh, it was about five years ago, a guy out of Montana State named Christian Serratos, I think was his name. And he ran something good indoors. But, you know, we looked at it. It was 359 or whatever uh, at altitude. And people said, oh, that converts like 353. And the, the guy's PR from the year before was nowhere near that. And everybody said, oh, those conversions are a bunch of hooey, right? And that dude, two weeks later, went to University of Washington, uh, you know, sea level, and ran 353 something. Ah, so so when, Nico, when Nico runs something that converts 348, and maybe he's not in 348 shape, but I bet he's not too far away. Yeah, right. But yeah, well, that's cruising. And, you know, he, he just ran what 1257 in the 5k indoors yeah uh, not a couple weeks back so so what else did he do he ran the mile well, and what was it? his time in the mile was like what well he ran 401 and i don't i off the top of my head i don't remember where that meet was i mean i think it was altitude but i don't know where exactly uh but interestingly you know the the i don't want to say the knock but nico you know nico won a lot of stuff in high school yeah. He has not. He has not won a, an NCAA championship in Northern Arizona, despite the fact that he's been in the hunt virtually every championship in cross country. He's been in the hunt every time. Uh, indoor track, he's been right there. Outdoor track, he's been right there. But he hasn't won one. And as I think you know, most of us know by now, when you go to championship level races, it is if you cannot kick, it is hard to win a big race. Right. Um, championship level races are not time trials typically. And so even though Nico might be as strong as any guy in the field, um, because he doesn't, he's not closing in 52 or 53 seconds, he's not winning races. And so it's interestingly, he ran the 800, he doubled back off that mile and ran the 800 and got third in his conference in the 800. Um, and, and beat a guy, there's a guy from Idaho named Lorenz Herman. And Lorenz Herman's a 146 or 147 guy. And, he and beat Nico him. Beat, beat him. Um, and Nico ran 149.6. And, you know, if you're a, a true half-miler, you're not getting too worked up about 149.6. No. But if you're a 5K guy, 10K guy, actually, I don't think Nico's run a 10K on the track, but I don't think there's any question he will at some point. Um, and you, if you're a 10K guy with 149 speed, you might be – in the hunt. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what Grant Fisher closes in, you know, or what he's capable of in a, a, a open 800. But, you know, I, I it, to me, it bodes well for Nico's uh, chances to win an NCAA title and maybe, maybe more important to possibly make an Olympic team this year at five or 10. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember when, when Galen was at, his, was at his absolute best on the track, he would go up to the University of Washington and run 800 meters indoors. And he'd won 149 something, um, you know, and he and eventually ran 350 point something for a mile indoors. And that's dur during the years when he was running 2644 mm -hmm. uh, or whatever. I think that was his American record. So to me, this, it really bodes well for Nico that he's that he's showing uh, some, you know, flashes of some speed. Now, again, it doesn't mean he's a 48 second quarter miler, but um, I don't know if you're a Nico fan. I think this, that's a that's a pretty cool thing to notice. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this this whole season unfold, especially for Nico. And uh, by the way, last uh, Tuesday, Dave, I hope you got your Olympic trials tickets, but they went on sale, and uh, I we, we lucked out. 
we're going to be sitting in section 108 at the 1500 meter start. So that's there. where we sit. And, uh, I'm part of a, <coughs> excuse me, I got a funny cough. Um, I'm part of a conglomerate, uh, known as Rubio tours. Oh, fantastic. Where, uh, okay. Our man, Joe Rubio, um, works with the people at the university of Oregon directly. And, uh, he gets us, that we don't get a deal. We just get tickets in our section altogether. So it's right. very nice. Well, we'll be um, sitting right so there with you. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be really cool. We, you know, we got to, we, we, you know, I'm going off topic here, but we got another big summer in Eugene. We got the, we've got the, uh, Prefontaine, yep. the NCAAs, and then the film trials. It's so, you know, huge. Um, and I, since I live here, I go to most of that stuff. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that regard for sure. So. Well, hey, speaking of, in, so we were talking about uh, uh, Nico and talking about closing a 400 indoor. Did you hear about Christopher Morales-Williams? Set a well, world record this last yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little crazy to me because here's a guy I've never heard of and uh, until this week, obviously. And, you know, I, I understand that indoor records are not exactly the same as outdoor. It depends on the event, the event and all this. But you know what? A world record is a world record. And the, the record he broke was set by a guy who was, he's, he's no slouch, Michael yep. Norman. Yep. And Michael Norman's outdoor PR is, I don't know, it's fast. <laughs> um, and I think the old record was 4486. Mm, like uh, that. 44.52 was Michael Norman's. Uh, oh, that was the old well, that was and the new record, record is? Well, well so, so he, he set a world record at uh, uh, 44.49. Yeah. And uh, what, and, and maybe you looked this up. I did not look it up. What is uh, the, the new guy, the nearest to Georgia guy? Is he, what year is he at Georgia? Where is he from? What's his, what was he's, his PR last year outdoors? Uh, gosh, you're asking me a bunch of questions. So he's 19 years old. So I, he's a sophomore at University of Georgia. Okay. No idea what he did last year. Uh, but this is a guy who I would expect to see in June at the Olympic trials. You know? Well, actually, the only reason we wouldn't see him there is because he's Canadian. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, so we won't see him. But, uh, you know, a good chance he makes it to the Olympic Games. Um, I, I'm just bouncing information. Yeah, he's, he, went, he went out in 21-1. <laughs> wow. I watched the race. Uh, it, it's just uh, a fun one to watch. So when you get a chance, check that one out. So Just, just to uh, remind everybody, this name is... Christopher Morales Williams. Christopher Morales Williams. So Canadian, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah so Dave, pretty what cool. I, pretty cool. What I had uh, what I really wanted to talk about on this. Well, there's one other thing I want to talk about getting ready for track before I move on to the the big theme of the of the of the podcast this week, which is the Beta Breakers Centipede. I want to talk a little bit about that. That's kind of a fun one. But before I jump really to that, uh, so. You you uh, uh, you know I'm I'm still kind of I'm in close touch with a lot of my college buddies. Um, one of my friends uh, is a conf conference champ in cross country, a guy named Steve Overgard. And I don't know if you ever met Steve, but uh, great guy. 
I think I must have met him somewhere, don't you think? Somewhere along the line, I'm sure you have. His yeah. son, so Steve was was a great distance, a good five k or five k ten k guy. Uh, his son, super fast, uh, just he's he's a mile half miler, uh, loves to run, and he just ran uh, just was it yesterday or the day before? He ran a one fifty four eight hundred, and he ran that. Basically, he was all by himself from the two hundred on. So I like theorizing around what might be possible. And I, I don't mean to put uh, Steve's son on the spot, but I'm so excited for him and his season coming up. Um, but it's a long season. And running a 154 now, if he plays all of his cards right, what do you think that might translate to? If, he, if everything goes smoothly, he doesn't get hurt, he, he peaks at the right time, yeah. What do you think a guy like that might be capable of running in May? Well, you know, we, you, you and I have actually uh, talked about him. We talked about him last year a little bit, you know, just that he was running pretty well. And I believe there were some videos that we saw of him yep. racing. Yep. And I'm, 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 I just looked him up right now on, on athletic.net. You know, you're on 158 as a sophomore. Very solid. Yep. Um, 154.9 as a junior last year. And he basically has opened his season, you know, with a half second PR. Um, I will say, a little disappointed that his uh, thirty two hundred meter PR is ten forty four. That he must not have ever run one or run one in uh, a while. That's tenth grade. So, okay. but interestingly, uh, I mean, he's a fifty one five quarter miler, um, and I would think to run really fast in the eight, you got to be a little faster. But again. I don't. I, I can't see all of his races right now, but um, but I, you know, I think it's it's interesting to me. You know, as, as I mentioned, you know, California's already been going for a month. I think this is their second week of, weekend of meets, right? And here in Oregon, we're just starting practice tomorrow. Right. right. And we won't have any meets until March. I think the week of March seventeenth uh, or fifteenth or whatever is the is when we can start having meets. And and I, I you know, you look at some people you, historically who have run well early in the season, who have held it and run well in in late May and June at the state meet in California. And I think a lot of it has to do with coaches that know what they're doing. You know, and, and I don't I don't know Jeff Overgaard's coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what the history is like in that program. But he ran well last year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean I right I mean he he was better at the end than he was early on. And so I, I got, I got to believe that they have some idea, you know, what they're doing. Right. And, uh, to me, that's exciting. Yeah. It's super um, exciting. You know, that, that you, you've got a guy that seems to know what, what he's doing. And, and so he also ran the DMR in this, in this, uh, meet, uh, this weekend, you ran the 800 leg in the DMR and then I don't, there's no split listed. So, um, I don't know what he so ran, he, but so he had, you know, he had a big day. Now I don't know which one came in yeah. which order, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just think, you know, I, I don't think there's, you know, based on, you know, if you look at, so last year, last year starts off at 207, 201, 158, two flat, 156 at Stanford Invite, uh, a lot of 20 somethings in dual meets. Then he goes, you know, in their section trials, he goes 157, goes 156, goes 157, goes 155 at their, at the section five of the Masters meet in Sacramento area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then and then PRs at the state meet. Doesn't make the final, but runs one fifty four at the state meet. Right. Right. So that, that, that is good coaching. Well, that it seems to me, you know, I will say he ran a lot of eight hundreds. Like yeah. I, I, you're gonna, I'm gonna count these for you. Last year he ran one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, eight hundreds. <laughs> um, and uh, he ran a he ran a bunch of four by fours. You know, he ran one four by eight, ran one four by mile. He ran the uh, the eight hundred leg on a on a sprint medley relay, and he ran the ran a twelve hundred, and he ran a uh, 1600 on a DMR at some point last year. Well, and, and I'm not, you know, when I'm counting those 800s and saying, wow, again, they did an amazing job of taking him from a 158 guy as a sophomore. And he, ran, he went 158 at the Dublin distance fiesta, which by the way, shout out to Chris Williams at Dublin yep. high school. Yep. That is a really, really cool event. Yep. Um, I got a coffee again. Sorry. <coughs> One, 158 mid, uh, and then uh, two weeks later, 156 high. And then, like I said, a bunch of dual meets. Uh, and, uh, you know, a month later, he's in his uh, section, you know, uh, trials and finals and all that, and just gradually notches it down. And so it seems to me that, you know, while I, you know, I wouldn't probably personally will have a kid run that many eights, in this case, I mean, it was, it was great. It, yeah. it got him ready to run his best at the end of the year. And I, I don't, you know, if, if they do it right, he stays healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 151 something or maybe better. But one to me, if, if I had that kid, I would be thinking 151 something by the end of the year. Uh, very cool. Well, you know, uh, according to his dad, Steve, um, Jeff just absolutely loves to run. He can't get enough of it. It's, and it's just so much fun to see, you know, the son of a friend of mine uh, having the success that he's having. So. Uh, has, has he committed anywhere yet? I don't think so. I think he's still deciding. So, well, you know, I, I, his stock, I'm, it probably just went up uh, with this podcast because oh, yeah. the, the hundreds of college coaches listening are going to say, "What, Jeff Overgaard? What school? That's Lincoln of Stockton, correct? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Lincoln in Stockton. That's and more than likely he'll be running at the Dublin Distance Fiesta in March if you got you know you get a chance to get out there, college coaches. Um, and if you need, if you want, you can get a hold of me or Matt, and we can uh, hook you up uh, with you know with just <laughs> information. So, uh, but uh, you know, and I, I just you know the, the few races that I saw last year, be it um, you know video that you sent out, uh, I like the way he raced. He's got he's got some gumption, right? Yeah. He's got he's got something that he doesn't like to lose and he runs intelligently. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's fun to that's watch. A, an exciting thing. Yeah. And I, I totally agree that my, you know, one of my college teammates, Mark Olison, um, his daughter is a senior in high school uh -huh. and, you know, she started, she was a soccer kid, started running, you know, freshman year and liked it. You know, she liked it a little bit. Um, and then they were, they were watching Olympic trials on TV in 21. And about the third day, she said to her dad, can we go to that? And, uh, and, and Mark said, what do you mean go to that? It's well, you know, right now. She goes, well, aren't there like five days left? And he said, <coughs> excuse me. He said, yeah. So Mark gets old of me and says, okay, can we get tickets? We go, yeah, we can get tickets, of course. And Tatum, the daughter, 
<laughs> Sorry, edit this out. Just a uh, coughing fit. Uh, anyway, uh, Tatum got pretty fired up about running, and now she's run two hundred eight and eight hundred, wow. and she's wow. run four forty seven, four forty seven for a full mile, sixth at state cross country last fall, and just the same as you, I love watching her run, and I love you know talking to Mark about it and texting yeah. Tatum occasionally and saying, hey, this is really cool. Proud of you. Love watching you. Um, and so she has, she has signed with the University of Virginia, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, having the, you know, the, the children of our friends, um, you know, it's pretty darn cool to see them doing well. Yeah. So yeah. really fun. Well, hey, let's switch so. gears. And, and uh, you know, we both have some history uh, I think racing one another in the centipede division of the beta breakers. And, uh, now I was just looking at this thing, Dave. So take, take, take our many listeners through the centipede event. What are we talking about? Um, so where did it come from? Well, the, 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 the Beta Breakers, as I would imagine most people have an idea, is a huge, huge, huge event in San like Francisco. 100,000 people. 100,000 people. I don't know how many are registered and how many are not, but there's, but they typically say there's 100,000 people on the course. Yeah. And, um, and so the, the, the club that I ran for all my years, the, the, we were the Reebok Aggies when I ran for them, now they're the Hoka Aggies. Uh, and they are a bunch of UC Davis runners that are a generation old, uh, ahead of you. Um, and they started a club called the Aggies, the UC Davis, you know, the mascots, the Aggies. And, uh, they became the, the, I guess they became the Cal Aggies when they first started. But anyway, uh, many of those guys had run beta breakers before. And the night before one year back in 1978 or 75, or I don't know, they were just sort of bored and said, Hey, let's do something more fun than just go run beta breakers. So what do you mean? They looked around. They go, "How many of us are running tomorrow?" And they counted. It was thirteen guys, and they said, "Let's run it all together." What, what do you mean by that? Let's let's connect ourselves and run together as a group. And so they they went and got the you know some black garbage bags, cut holes in them for uh, their arms and their heads, and taped them together with either I believe it was duct tape, and went to the starting line and raced all connected as a, as what they called was a centipede. Um, and, and it evolved to become an official, uh, category at the beta breakers. Um, so you can actually enter as a centipede and there, there you can enter as a regular centipede or as elite centipede and elite centipede. You have to, you know, verify that all of your athletes have run a certain time uh, for 10K, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, for many years, the Aggies were the only centipede. And then when it became an, an actual um, uh, category, other groups started join, uh, entering and uh, teams got sponsored. Um, when I was running for the Aggies, we were sponsored by Reebok for a long time. And then I think uh, Power Bar started uh, to have a team. And I think we ran for Power Bar for a while. And if I'm not uh, mistaken, the Bohos ran sponsored by Chevy's Mexican restaurant. Or am I, am I making that <laughs> no. up? So, so you're right. My recollection is the Aggies were the only legitimate high caliber centipede 
until until something like 1985. And then in 1985 or 1986, uh, the Power Bars put a team together and the Bohos put a team together. And the Bohos, we were just a bunch of scrubs and we had no sponsorship. We were just a bunch of guys that ran together. But the Power Bars, you know, they had Brian Maxwell and yeah. uh, and then the Aggies. So it was that was the year that there was competition in the centipede division for the very first time. And I just remember flying through Golden Gate Park. I was barely hanging on. We were running five flat pace and I, I and all of our substitutes were gone. And I, I did I just was hanging on for dear life. But right next to me was the power bar peed, and right next to them was the Aggie Pede. Yeah. And as we made that turn onto the Great Highway to finish the race. Uh, maybe six hundred meters to go, something like that. Is something that right? like that. Something like that. The Aggies fell behind us, and the Power Bar team. You were probably part of the Power Bar team that year. No, no, I was Aggie. I, I, I only remember the Aggies. Oh, okay. So, so, so we turned the corner, and the Power Bar team made the tight turn. We were on the outside. We were neck and neck going into the turn, and when we came out of the turn, our lead guy was even with the last guy of the power bar team. So we just got screwed on that turn, which is about a sixty to seventy foot difference. So, so twenty to twenty meters, give or take. Yeah, right. Because yeah, it's not. It, it, you think, oh, we're right there. Well, you're, you're you got to pass twelve guys to get to the yeah. front. Yeah, it it. But anyway, it was. Uh, it was a nightmare of a race for me because I was not nearly in as good enough shape to be in that peed as the guys that were in front of it. Excuse me. And I just remember my neck hurt so badly from getting well, yanked along. Uh, well, and you, you mentioned that you had no substitute left. You, you were allow, allowed to enter 15 in the centipede um, with only 13 guys running. So you're allowed to have two guys that ran along outside the centipede, and then if something happened then you could bring one of those guys in. Um, one, one year, we, we were, the, the Aggies were running, and um, we lost our two subs very quickly. Like Two guys got out, and the two substitutes got in, and we're going up Hay Street Hill, which is right before four miles, yep. and one of the guys that's, that's in, and we've got 13 guys, and that's it. I mean, we're, yep. that's, we're down to our 13 guys. One of the guys that's in, literally just ducks out of the centipede. Now, he doesn't stop and, and walk or anything, but he's clearly done. Like, there's no way that he's coming back. And we're running along with 12 guys, and we're all looking at each other, what are we going to do? How? And, and we, we spy it. We, we look down the hill, and we see a guy in an Aggie jersey. And he's a new guy. We barely know the guy. He's a, almost a brand-new Aggie. His name was Chris Howard. And... And he was struggling. And, and so within about a mile, we caught him. And we said, Chris, get in. And again, he was a new guy. He didn't really understand the centipede at all. Didn't know what was going on. We said, Chris, get in. He goes, he goes what? We said, get in. He said, get in what? And he had no idea what was going on. And again, we were running significantly faster than he was. He'd gone out way too hard. And so we finally get him in the thing. And he is hurting. And as you mentioned, your neck... You get neck burn, either you get one of two ways. 
you get it because you're you're hurting so bad you're getting towed along, pulled yeah, along. Which was me. Or you get it because somebody else right behind you is hurting badly and you are towing them, so you get the front neck. Yeah, yeah. Problem, you know. But Chris was just dying. And and we were just consoling him and talking him through it. Come on, Chris, you can make it. You can do it. Come on, Chris. Oh, just relax, Chris. You'll make it. We're doing great. You're doing great, Chris. And this went on for about a mile and a half, two miles. We've got about a mile to go. And Joe Rubio, uh, current owner of Runner's Warehouse and, uh, you know, longtime Aggie, yeah. he finally just had, had enough. And he looks at Chris and he just screams at him. <laughs> and and he might there might have been some um, uh, uh, some uh, profanity involved, uh, and he <laughs> screams at Chris and says, and basically, and says, "Let's go," right? And, and there was more to it than that, but you can you can make up your own. And Chris yeah. just sort of snapped to it like it woke him up, and he finished like a like a house of fire. And uh, I, I believe that whoever we, you know, we were racing, I mean, it was a close battle, probably with the power bar peed. Um, I think we, we ended up winning, but uh, uh, we had lots of uh, really fun times in those, in those things, you know, um, yeah. you know, the, the Aggies have a, uh, you know, one of the things that if you're, if you win the centipede, uh, you're probably going to be pretty close to the, to winning woman. Yeah. And there have been a lot of great, great women that won, that, that won beta breakers. Um, and so one year we, we beat, uh, Joan Benoit, mm, mm. um, she was the, the winner of the women's and we beat her. And the next year, uh, it was, uh, Greta, Greta Bites, Greta Waits, Greta Bites. Right. Yep. She won and she beat us. So the, the next year we, we always did a cheer before we started every race, you know, and this one we said, um, we beat Joni and she's no phony, but we got to get better if we want to beat Greta. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't recall if we did or not, but uh, oh man, we had some fun time. You know, we we could do a three hour show on the centipede and have a lot of fun. We had we had lots of good times, but I do remember that race with the bohos. And uh, you know, the thing is, you know, there were there were there were some guys like you know like a John Barrett who made the trials that ran for the bohos, but there were a lot of guys like the Stein Mosses and you and. Uh, uh, Hancock and Stefanisco and, you know, that were good, right? Maybe not at the level of, of, of Barrett and Rob Annex, you know, uh, yeah, but but right. good and on the right day could really pull it together. And, and so that Aggie, you know, the centipede thing was tough. Now, uh, it's certainly not any kind of excuse because we, we ran really fast and, and won plenty of years, but the, the, the Aggie tradition was that we went out fairly late the night before. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a badge of honor to be to get three hours of sleep and then come back and run five minute pace the next day, yeah. um, and have our our old buddy Carmelo Rios singing yep. James Brown songs and uh, <laughs> all kinds of things. So yeah, uh, yeah, the centipede is, uh, uh, and you know we the Aggies uh, ran New York, New York City Marathon twice as a centipede. Uh, oh, I we didn't know that. Boston, we ran Boston once. We ran L.A. Marathon, I think, twice as a centipede. Oh, we God, ran Hulan so hands uh, a few times as a centipede. Um, but just, just uh, you know, it, it's really, you know, it's it's the closest thing I think you can have to cross country as a, you know, a post-collegiate. You know, because yeah. now you're, you're dependent upon these other guys. And uh, right. 
really, really a joy. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot to be said for some, you know, some actual skill because you're not just running in a long line. You're, you know, typically you run sort of look like a zipper, right? Everybody staggered. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so when it's going well, it's it looks like a zipper, and it's uh, super fun. Yeah. So yeah, good good Enjoy. memories. You know, another yeah. one maybe for the future is the Hood to Coast. What a great relay that is! That's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, we'll have to cover that yep. one sometime. Well, Dave, hey, be a joy. Always a joy. great, always great to talk to you. For our seven listeners, I uh, hope you enjoy this one, <laughs> and uh, hey, I'll talk to you next hey, week. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How many, how many listeners do you think we have or do you know we have? Is there a way that we know that stuff? Well, in fact, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah so we, we have two ways of listening to this. Uh, you can uh, – I think you, you've been posting the Podbeam uh, – uh, the Podbean uh, link on your Facebook page. So people yes. can listen directly by clicking that link. And also we have uh, this thing streams on Apple podcasts. And so oh, I did right. check actually a little bit earlier today. We had about 275 listens on Apple podcasts and another close to 300 on Podbeam. So somebody out there is listening. And uh, I think Dave, We'll keep doing it a little bit longer, uh, yeah. Since you know, some people seem well, to be finding it entertaining. I, I, I'm enjoying it. And if nothing else, it just gives you and I a chance to sit down and, and chat for half an hour or whatever uh, every week about life in the running world. Which so, I that ain't half bad. Really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right brother. Have a great Talk week. To you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye, Matt.